and welcome back to another episode of I'm Sorry I Can't Don't Hate Me, the Sex in the City review podcast where we're watching the series for the first time. I'm your host, Kristen, and I'm here with my co-host, Megan. Hello. And we are talking this week about season one, episode 10, The Baby Shower. Quick reminder before we get into it, we go pretty deep with the recap. So if you want to watch the episode and you don't want to hear spoilers, We advise that you watch it and then come back to the podcast to listen to us break it down. Um, Before we get started, we're going to just do a little check-in. Megan, how are you doing? How was your week? Good. It was a good week. Should we do highs and lows? Yeah. What were your highs and lows? Yeah. um, Well, got some good work news this week, which was really awesome. I did a little treat yourself day yesterday, which was great. I got a little haircut. I went shopping. I bought some skincare things. I bought some candles, just delightful. And yeah. And then I had a friend date this morning. We went to brunch. Uh, and yeah, it's just been a pretty good week in terms of lows, no real lows. I think just like, even though it was objectively kind of a good week, there was just a couple of days where I was like very mentally and emotionally exhausted Like nothing specifically happened. Just sometimes being alive is tiring. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's going to happen. Yeah. So that's really my lows for the week, but not too much to complain about. It's been a good week. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. And what Sex in the City character would you say that you're channeling this week? I think I'm going to go with Samantha this week. Uh, Overall, like I said, good week. I think in previous episodes, we've always kind of been like, yeah, Samantha's the one that's got it the most figured out and is the happiest. Although I don't know if we see that in this episode, but um, overall, just kind of feeling good this week and confident and happy. So I'm going to say Samantha. What about you, Kristen? What were your highs and lows and who were you channeling? Well, um, my high and my low are kind of the same thing. Um, high was I have two cats, um, but over the pandemic, I was fostering and that's how I came by adopting my two cats. So I've been doing a bit more fostering on and off. It's been a bit of a break and I started fostering again with two adorable little kittens. And so I've had four cats in my house. It's been a definite high. The kittens are so cute and really sweet. Um, I woke up this morning and all four cats were on the bed with me and it was lovely, but lows because I have four cats in a New York city apartment (laughs) and a husband and kittens are babies. So they do eat and poop a ton. And like before the podcast, I stepped in something wet and there was puke on the floor. So I had to clean that up. Um, but they're all resting comfortably today or right now. So hopefully they won't, we won't have to stop the podcast. Okay. Well, listeners, you heard it here first. Kristen has kittens. So if you are New York based and looking for some little babies of your own, reach out. Yeah. Check out whiskers, a go-go. They're a very, very good Brooklyn based cat rescue. Um, as far as who I'm channeling this week, I chose Miranda. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason for that is 
I've had a couple friends that have had some relationship things going on where I've just been, I just really want to let out my Miranda and be like, oh my God, no, he's terrible. Why? This isn't you, by the way. (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't think it's me. I feel like I've been doing well in that department. No, I actually, I do need to tell you afterwards. So yeah, I, I I need to channel a little bit more Miranda and be real and kind of negative. I wouldn't say negative, just making sure they know you have their best interest in mind. Right. Tough love. Um, So before we do the recap, Megan, do you want to give us some facts for this episode? Yes, we've got some interesting stuff here. So this episode aired on August 9th, 1998. It was written by Terry Minsky, so a new, um, not author, sorry, a new writer that we have not yet seen anything from yet. And it was directed by Susan Seidelman. And as we know, Susan has directed quite a, quite a few episodes so far that we have reviewed. So it was an interesting episode. A little bit about Terry. So she's a producer. She's a writer. It's just kind of in the industry. Uh, but she has written and produced for a couple of shows And has also like been had like creator titles or not titles, but creator kind of roles for it. The one that was most exciting to me was Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) Oh, Kristen, I don't know about you. You may have been a little bit like, uh, I don't want to say old for Lizzie McGuire, but you may have been a little bit too, too mature for Lizzie McGuire when it came out. No, I was too old. Or I don't know. Cause I, I feel like my sister and my brother were both more into it than I was. I was never really a Lizzie hit, a Lizzo. I was a huge Lizzie McGuire fan when I was a kid. It came out when I was like in late elementary school and I kind of watched it all through middle school. So this was exciting for me. Although I will say this episode felt nothing like a Lizzie McGuire episode. There wasn't an episode where (laughs) Lizzie McGuire's friend showed her tits at a party. No, spoiler alert, listeners. No reason for me to watch it then. (laughs) So anyway, I thought that was interesting. The other stuff was that she's kind of created and written, in my opinion, was less interesting. So Uh, we had one main guest star this episode. Uh, This was Dana Wheeler Nicholson. The thing that is interesting about Dana is that she's actually the granddaughter of a guy named Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson, and he is actually the creator of DC Comics. Oh wow! But apparently he was like squeezed out of the business uh, at some point. So the family no longer has any financial ties to DC, but I did think that was pretty interesting. And so she overall, Dana is one of those kind of folks that just does a lot of bit parts that we kind of see with a lot of the guest stars on sex in the city. So she's been on a lot of episodes of like law and order, law and order, SVU law and order, criminal intent. She was also like on, I think like a season or two of that show Nashville. Mm, I used to watch that. And then she's been in quite a few episodes of the soap, all my children. One thing I do want to just bring up at this point. So we flagged this a few episodes back and we were just kind of joking about it. How like actors are sometimes like getting cast in the same show, but it's like different characters. And this is like the third or fourth time we're seeing this now. So that is actually pretty common, it seems like. But it's also interesting if you think about it, because 
she's had, I think like five or six different roles, like in the law and order universe. And I'm not sure if when you're watching like law and order, criminal intent, law and order, SVU, regular law and order, like, is this supposed to all be the same universe? Because if that's the case, not only does she play two different characters, but like, she has really just been in this universe in like five or six different capacities <laughs> as yeah. different characters. I mean, I think it is, I know I'm not a big law and order person, but I know that characters from one law law and order like do a guest on other ones especially when like the main characters off. yeah like one detective will be like this is the guy from brooklyn and then like they'll right, try right, and right. do like law and order brooklyn so i think they're supposed to be related yeah so like in this universe she's really played like several different characters <laughs> in the law and order verse there's just like multiples of this one woman yeah <laughs> and always involved in crime i think if we went back and looked at our other guest stars that's probably true for them as well oh, yeah. yeah but that's kind of what i have for research this week um those were the, kind of the interesting things are we ready for the recap yes Okay, so this episode is called The Baby Shower. We get another uncreative name. Um, So we open on a montage of the four different gals all like getting mail and kind of reacting to something. And we hear in a voiceover from Carrie that sometimes in life, nothing is harder than being happy for someone. And she's like, you know, like people that win the lottery or very successful people that are only 27. And in this case, the hell on earth that is a baby shower. And we see that all four women were invited to a baby shower. Um, Pretty much negative reactions on all three, except for Charlotte, which is pretty predictable. So then we cut to the scene of all four girls over at Carrie's place watching a movie and they're discussing this baby shower invitation and being like, Miranda says the baby showers are terrible. And Samantha's like, yeah, who wants that? Of course, Charlotte says she's excited for her. And Carrie's like, is it any baby shower that bothers us or is it just because it's Laney's? So then we kind of have a flashback scene to eight years ago, we're at a party. The one thing I will flag is eight years ago in this universe is 1990. Yes. Yes. So um, Carrie, Samantha, and Miranda are all there. We don't know where Charlotte is. They might not have known her yet. Um, actresses are all wearing terrible wigs. Carrie's wearing a pink cowboy hat, which is a terrible wig. I think it's supposed to be that that's their younger selves, but there was no wig budget for this episode. We learned that Lainey Berlin, the woman having the baby shower, she used to work in A&R for a record label and she was a real party girl. Carrie says that every time she'd come back from a business trip, she'd have a hot new band and some new gynecological condition. So we see like Lainey like living it up at the party and everybody's like Lainey show your tits and everybody's like cheering and she like gets up on the couch and is dancing and like taking her shirt off um and Samantha is making comments about how she's the poster girl for low self-esteem we get the idea that Samantha and Lainey were pretty big rivals Carrie says they were both sexy and both incredibly insecure so Lainey like takes her shirt off and everybody's cheering and be like, yeah, Lainey, you're so much fun. You've got your boobs out. And we see that Miranda is very cynical back then too. She's making quips about Lainey's boobs needing a booking agent because they make so many public appearances. And Samantha makes the joke about 
Lainey's low self-esteem and Miranda's like, I have low self-esteem too, but I express it in the healthy way by eating a box of double stuffed Oreos. Um, so then we kind of learned that two years ago, Lainey made the ultimate surprise um, by meeting a Wall Street stock investor and moving to Connecticut. And Carrie says she was supposed to have sex with Sid Vicious and move on to heroin, which seems pretty rude. <laughs> That's a lot, Carrie. Um, so then we go back to modern day, which is 1998. They're still watching the movie. And Charlotte is like, I think we should go. It'd be the right thing to do. And Carrie kind of convinces the gals that they should go because it's Lainey having a baby shower. It's like pulling over at the side of the road to see a two-headed snake. So then Miranda does a comparison about how being a mom is like a cult and how she lost two sisters to the motherhood. And then Samantha is like, okay, I'll go because think of how fat she'll be. So then <laughs> we cut to a scene of Carrie writing down the baby shower in her planner. And she realizes that she's late for her period. I like several days, not yeah. like a little, not like a little late, like right. several days. So the next scene is Carrie is meeting up with the gals to drive out to the baby shower in Connecticut. And we learn that she is seven days late. She walks up to a rented convertible wearing like we could talk about it more in fashion. She's wearing yes. like a black a headscarf and like terrible sunglasses. I mean, the, I guess the idea is they're going to be in a convertible, but it's a bit much. Just tie that up in a pony. You're fine. It's She meets up with Samantha and Miranda and Carrie realizes she forgot to bring a gift. And Samantha is wearing like a very revealing like belly shirt. It's like basically like a, a tight fitting cardigan with only two buttons buttoned. And Samantha's like, oh, well, you can go in on you, my gift and she pulls out a bottle of scotch and she's like it says BYOB and like Samantha that means bring your own baby not bring your own booze <laughs> so Miranda says that she bought um, a gift of condoms because they were pastel colored and they're all like oh look at us single ladies and then Charlotte runs up and she has a giant baby basket which we will later learn is called the Bellini baby basket and all the girls were like ah we're putting our names on that um, so then there's a joke where they all get in the car and nobody knows how to drive because everybody assumed they were going to be passengers. I love that joke, actually. I did too. And then Carrie, so apparently Carrie's the one who's driving. So we cut to the car pulling up on like a perfect little neighborhood street with beautiful houses and trees. And Carrie's thinking that it seems, even though it's filled with nature, it seems very unnatural. Charlotte calls to this cute little cocker spaniel. That's on the front porch and the dog like runs, but then runs away. And Miranda has to explain that it's electric fence. So they go to the door and Lainey is super excited to see them. She didn't think they were going to make it. Samantha makes a comment about Lainey being huge. And Lainey's like, yeah, I can eat whatever I want. Jealous. They walk in and kind of meet the moms. And it's a little bit, they try and make it like a cultural divide. The moms are all like wearing white linen and the gals are wearing like black with sunglasses. And the moms are like, oh, yeah, do you remember when you left New York, you felt like you were going to fall off the face of the earth? But then they kind of get distracted because Charlotte comes in with the Bellini baby basket and all the moms are thrilled and know what it is and they're screaming. And Samantha hands the scotch to Lainey and says, I'm going to have a big drink. Jealous? Samantha walks away and Lainey leans into Carrie and Miranda and she's like, is she still bar hopping and bed hopping? That's so sad when that's all you have. Um, so she goes around and introduces Miranda and Carrie to her other friends who are all 
moms are expecting. One woman can't move because she's trying to do this IVF thing. There's a woman named Betsy and her son, Harry, who are like reading a book together. And Lainey's like, oh, we call them our old married couple. It's kind of not really that funny anymore since Betsy's getting divorced. Creepy. Miranda says, all I have to do to meet the ideal man is give birth to him. And then this woman just like walks up and she's like, my son is 11 months old and he's a god and I tell him so every day. And Miranda's like, yeah, what are the chances of her son growing up and ever meeting a woman who's going to be good enough for him? So then they're opening gifts and Charlotte is like fitting in perfectly. She's laughing about the cute baby clothes and there's little kids running around. So we're kind of in Carrie's head now. She's kind of getting like tunnel vision because she's thinking like, is this going to be my life? Like if I'm pregnant, like I'm going to have to be into all of this. And Miranda is obviously kind of in her own thoughts because she's worried about Charlotte because she's like, oh, Charlotte really does fit in here. Is she going to be next? Um, So Carrie excuses herself and she goes to the bathroom where she sees a giant portrait over the toilet of Lainey, like nine months pregnant and totally naked. Um, And that gets her thinking, what do the mommies have still buried inside them? That's kind of their old selves. So we go to a montage of talking heads of some of the moms and we learn that one of them used to have a lot of lovers, but now she just has an internet lover that nobody knows about. Um, One says she used to have 112 people reporting to her and now she just yells at the gardener. One woman says that she loves her life and she hasn't changed at all, but sometimes she can't help but think about Lisa. And then one says she... Every now and then she likes to go up in her kid's tree house, smoke a joint and listen to Peter Frampton, which honestly, like, it's not that bad. I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. The yelling one. I was like, that's just, that's not even a secret. That's just like, you're not a nice person. Yeah. So Carrie and Miranda have a little moment, like outside in the backyard. Um, They're judging a mom who's breastfeeding a child that's old enough to chew steak And Miranda is saying she relates to the witch in Hansel and Gretel. You know, you build your dream dream house and then these kids just stop, show up and start eating it. And then back inside, Charlotte is talking to Lainey and Lainey is pretty condescending about like, you need to get serious and settle down. Life is not a Jacqueline Susan novel for friends trying to make it in the big city. And Charlotte's kind of taking it in and she's like, oh, here, let me help you clean up. And one of the other friends says, yeah, you're going to need the rest because you're not going to get it when little totter Shayla comes around and Charlotte's ears perk up. And she's like, wait, Shayla, you can't use Shayla. That's my secret baby name that I came up with when I was 11. And Lainey's like, no, it's not. I'm not sure where I heard it. And Carrie says like in voiceover, like that was a made up name that everybody who knew Charlotte was sworn to secrecy that that was her baby name. There's no way that Lainey heard that she stole it. Charlotte like stands up and is yelling at Lainey and Samantha walks in and it's like, what's wrong? And Charlotte says, she stole my baby name. And Samantha turns and says, you bitch. So then they're like, we're leaving. So they kind of storm out. They stop on the road somewhere at Flanagan's off of Route 5 for beer and bar nuts. And they're kind of sitting at this dive bar, just sort of talking about the baby shower. Miranda's like, yeah, that's why baby showers suck because everybody feels bad afterwards. Charlotte is really upset that she feels like she waited too long and now she like lost her baby name. She doesn't want to be one of those moms who's almost 40. And she's like, sorry, Samantha, no offense. So I guess, does that mean that Samantha's like 40. I think she's late 30. So it's like, yeah, if you want to find a man and have a baby, 
like you're not going to be a mom until you're 40. She literally says there are no frozen eggs in my freezer. So Miranda comes out of the bathroom. I like this joke. And Charlotte looks at her and she's like, is the, was the bathroom clean? And Miranda's just like, what do you think? Um, but Charlotte goes into the bathroom and Carrie reveals that she is late for her period by like a week. And they're kind of like, oh, okay, that's still a gray area. Miranda says, I was late 10 days once. And they're like, were you having sex? And she goes, no. <laughs> um, so they ask her if she's going to tell Mr. Big. And she says, no, not till she knows how she feels about it. So then we go to a scene of Charlotte back at home. She has a wish box full of reminders of things that she hoped for in life. And she pulls out like a little pillow with the name Shayla on it, throws it on the floor. Um, she has her dream home, which is a a townhouse in the city, a picture of a beach house in East Hampton, a picture of her dream man, which I think is John F. Kennedy Jr. again. And then a picture of her backup dream man, which is like a model from a Gucci ad. And she rips up all the pictures and throws them on the floor and then kind of like lays on the box and I think is crying or is just like having a moment about it's too late for all of her dreams. Um, so then we learn that it is day eight and Carrie and her one true friend, Miranda, are shopping for pregnancy tests. I say one true friend. We mentioned it in the other podcast. You were like, Carrie and Miranda are really the ones that hang out the most and have heart to hearts. Yeah. Miranda is Carrie's favorite. It was interesting that it was just Miranda (laughs) in this scene. Uh, Miranda's being supportive. They're like at the drugstore looking at pregnancy tests. Carrie's kind of like, you know, I don't think I'd be a very good mom. One time when I was a kid, I left my favorite baby doll out in the rain and I cut off my Barbie's hair. And Miranda's like trying to make her feel better. And she's like, when I was a little kid, I put a rubber band on my dog Pepper's snout. And And Carrie's like, Oh my God. Yeah, she's a little bit horrified. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird beat, but then Carrie buys a pregnancy test. We cut to Carrie at home getting ready to go out. We learn that she couldn't take the test until she knows how she feels about the results either way. And the phone rings and it is Lainey. Lainey's being like very apologetic about what happened, but also wanting to hang out with Carrie more. She's like, oh, I miss you guys so much. We need to hang out. And Carrie's like, yeah. Like she's agreeing, but being very non-committal because I mean, Lainey's about to give birth any day. Lainey's like, well, what are you doing tonight? And Carrie mentioned she's going to Samantha's party. And Lainey's like, oh, Samantha's having one of her parties. I wish I was invited. That sounds so much fun. Carrie's like, yeah, well, take care of yourself. So we are at Samantha's party and she's having a, I don't have a baby shower. So she's pouring champagne and just being like, I don't have a baby. Everybody drink. Love this. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Miranda is like hardcore making out with a guy who we hear is Samantha's accountant. The dream, truly. (laughs) Everybody seems like they're having a good time. Lainey walks in the door and does like that sorority girl scream of like, oh my God, I'm here. And you could tell Samantha is pissed. Carrie is very confused. Like, what are you doing here? But Lainey's acting like pretty unhinged. Like she's acting very much like she was in this party from eight years ago that we saw in the flashback scene. But the vibe in this party is much different. It's more like sophisticated. People don't know her. Uh, she's like the life of the party's here. And everybody is like one person's like, oh, hey, Lainey. But for the most part, they're just like, okay, who's 
who's this woman screaming? Her vibes are just off. And also she is heavily pregnant. She's trying to get a drink. She says she's about to give birth any day so that like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so Carrie's trying to calm everybody down. Charlotte comes over and is like, what are you doing here? You destroyed my dream. And Lainey Bamone's like, well, I, at least, you know, what happened to your dream? Cause I don't know what happened to mine. And she's getting upset basically upset that she's gonna have a baby and can't be a party girl anymore yeah meanwhile carrie is like over at the drink cart getting a drink and her friend jonathan is there and he's like oh your friend charlotte is she single she's really cool and carrie's like yeah definitely go for it just don't mention the name shayla i think miranda added that in (laughs) yeah yeah they're like that's an inside joke don't worry about it so we see Jonathan is flirting with Charlotte and kind of learn that as Charlotte is flirting with this guy she's mentally scotch taping her dream her wish box pictures back together so basically Charlotte is realizing that like it's not too late for her there are men out there she could definitely get married and have a kid and achieve all of her dreams but meanwhile Lainey decides to like get up and be like who wants to see my tits and I think one guy's like I'll take a look (laughs) so it's very awkward and she gets up on the couch and she's like trying to strip but I don't know if it's probably a combination of like embarrassment and she's wearing like some kind of maternity jumpsuit and she gets like weird and she's like oh I can't do it oh my gosh and Samantha's like this is the best validation I've ever gotten so Carrie just takes Lainey and takes her outside and is like putting her in a cab getting her back to Connecticut and Lainey's really upset and she's like one day you're gonna wake up and you're not gonna recognize yourself and this kind of hits Carrie pretty hard but that's the end of that scene so the next day Carrie wakes up and she goes and sits on a park bench and watches kids play for the whole day um she's thinking you know if I had to could I do this would I be a good mom would I manage to stay myself she has like an interaction with a little kid who comes over who's very cute and the mom picks her up and the mom seems like cool and happy and just sort of chill so I think that makes Carrie feel pretty good Um, And then we see Carrie walking and she says on the walk home, I got my period. And that is the end of this episode. Yeah. It felt like a very abrupt ending. It really did. I watched it a couple of times and every time I'm like, God, that really is the end. Is there something else? No, that's it. Before we go into commentary, I just feel like Kristen and I have probably said this at some point on one of the episodes and it is a big personality point for both of us. Neither of us are really into children or wanting to have them. So this episode was very interesting in that regard. But with that in mind, Kristen, what was like your overall thought on this episode? This was my favorite episode to date. I really liked it. It was funny. There was a lot of problems, but I genuinely enjoyed it. What about you? I hated it. Um, really? <laughs> I had a feeling you would like it though. Wait, I wait, wait. I want to like see. It. Can you guess what my favorite moment joke was? When Miranda was talking about um, how that like boy is like never going to meet a woman. I but, liked like that. My handsome yeah. favorite part was Samantha is just there and she hears Charlotte and Charlotte's like, she stole my baby name. And I feel like Charlotte, uh, Samantha has no idea what's going on. But oh she's yeah. Like, she's like, you, you bitch. bitch. <laughs> that was any, pretty funny. Any excuse to get mad at To Lainey. just like hate Lainey. <gasps> I love that. Um, my favorite 
joke in the whole thing was like them getting in the car and then Samantha being like, does anyone know how to drive? Cause that mm-hmm. is a very New York thing. Yeah. Overall, I didn't really like this episode cause I felt like it was like another, it felt like it almost like another iteration of like Bay of Married Pigs of just like basically dividing women based on their life choices and like just promoting woman on woman hate. So that's what I didn't like about it. Agreed. But there were funny things. Um, it wasn't my least favorite episode that is still held by models and mortals but it was not my favorite my favorite is still valley of the 20 something guys Mm. (laughs) yeah i mean i will say like i don't agree with the message and i have some big things to discuss with you about it but just for like watchability i just found this one to be the funniest one yet i actually had chuckles there were no weird wipes in this one i thought the direction was yeah good. I thought the direction was good like there were chuckles but I also feel like we probably feel that way because we both don't want children yeah I mean, like a normal watcher probably wouldn't have found this to be an exceptional episode. my top comment is that I feel like this episode is very relatable to me specifically I just so yeah my top comment was just like it was you know I love seeing that there was like a female writer but I was just kind of disappointed that she was like kind of falling into those like same tropes of like pitting women against each other which is like a very classic Darren star move yeah and I was like it kind of made me annoyed because I was like, I can't even blame Darren on this one. This is like literally just a woman doing this. I think part of that is like, it's still a male dominated industry, right? So like, she's trying to like sell stories that are funny and meeting whatever like the patriarchal narratives are. I That was why I didn't like it, even though there were a few laughs. But I, when I was watching it, I was like, I think Kristen's going to really like this episode because it like obviously resonates with both of us (laughs) yeah it kind of hit on some serious things but I feel like they did it in kind of a light way um that it wasn't so like beating you over the head I don't actually agree I think there was like pretty pretty strong instances of them pitting people that choose to have children and people that choose not to have no I meant more like the the idea of like accidentally getting pregnant or if you think you are like that's a pretty heavy thing but they kind of oh like loop that in with then the jokes about like the moms having going into tree houses and some of the mommy stuff kind of made it lighter yeah no I mean the the very weird thing of like well once you become married and you have a kid you become like this different creature and there's only one or the other and like the idea that anybody that is a suburban mom is just unhappy and they're not being their authentic selves is really weird like that was just a strange idea we have those talking heads of the moms and it's like well they all do have something that they're repressing it's like oh okay (laughs) yeah I I also didn't like that sure there's definitely folks out there that have children and then that becomes their entire identity and I think probably in the 90s more so than now that was probably even more the case Mm -hmm. I feel like now because we're kind of moving from like gen x moms to like millennial moms being kind of the audience um I think there's with millennial moms, there's a much more of a priority of kind of like maintaining things from your life and like still kind of having a certain level of independence and like, yes, you're a mom, but that's not the only part of your identity. So I think looking at it from that lens was what was like, kind of just like annoying me about this episode where it's just like, it's not like this black and white, like 
dichotomy of like, you either get married and have kids or you're like a skanky city woman who like never settles down. Again, it was just kind of this like lack of nuance that I was like, oh, this is so annoying. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Also, even starting out the episode, like literally one of the first lines is like Carrie just being like, sometimes it's hard to be happy for other people. For you, Carrie. (laughs) No, there's definitely been times in my life where it's been like hard to be happy for people, but it's never because I wish them to not be successful. It's because there's my own shit going on in my life. That's like not going well. So then it feels like painful that like it's going well for someone else. And like, I then have to be happy for them. But that was like, not really what they were getting at when they were saying this it was more just like they're just kind of fucking haters to be honest because at no point until like except for when carrie thinks like maybe she's pregnant like do any of them express any interest besides charlotte like in being pregnant so like why would you not be happy for your friend it's not like you know they've been like doing rounds and rounds and rounds of IVF and they can't get pregnant. And then their party girlfriend, like, oh, well, why, why does she, like, that wasn't even the premise, right? It was just like, none of them were actively trying to have a baby at that point in time. So like, why can't you be happy for your friend? And the only person that actually did want to have a baby at any point, like ostensibly was Charlotte. And she was actually happy for Lainey. So to me, I was like, you guys are just being petty and like, you don't want good things to happen to other people and that makes you bad friends what did you think about Lainey I think Shayla's an ugly name but the idea of like having a baby name that you're like saying I always want to name my baby that and then you find out your friend is naming their baby that I feel like it's different because I don't want children so I can only think about it in terms of cats <laughs> um but I feel like you know, I didn't know I was going to name Niles Niles until I got him. But like, I feel like if I had told you a million years ago, like, oh my gosh, when I get a cat, I'm going to name him Niles. And like, I can't wait. And then like, you got a new cat and you were like, oh my God, his name is Niles. And then you just completely gaslit me and like pretended like I had never said that I would be pretty upset, but like, it's also like, I would get over it pretty quickly because it's a cat, not a baby. What if it was like the same situation, but instead of it being me, it was like somebody whose cat you would probably see once and never see again. So that I would be like irritated, but I would not care. And that was like going to be one. Like, I feel like if you're going to steal someone's name, then it's got to be someone not that close to you. Yeah. Like if it's someone that you're actually friends with or like a family member or something right? and you have expressed it, like, I know it sounds fucked up, but you've staked claim on the name. So if they take the name, they know what they're doing and they're being shitty about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that she knew that she stole that from Charlotte. Don't invite Charlotte to your baby shower. Like, and don't gaslight her. It's like. If I did something like that, where it was like, oh, I met this girl that I remember from high school said she was going to name her cat Frankenstein. And then I named my cat Frankenstein. I would not be like, hey, come to my cat adoption party with Frankenstein. (laughs) Like, just avoid them. It's not that hard to like not tell them. 
I love that all of our references are about cats. Um, I think the implication though here is that even though we've only heard about Lainey for the first time in this episode, that they're closer friends than like somebody that you just like knew in high school. And then they randomly invited you to a party. Yeah. I mean, that's always the way it is with the show though. Carrie always has these great friends who love her and then we never see them again. So I, I feel like Carrie's one of those people, especially that thinks that everybody is a significant relationship in her life but if they move they'll forget to tell her and she will forget to think about them but I also think like she must have been significant enough to Charlotte because like why else would you go to the baby shower you know what I mean like if it's just someone that like you only know through Carrie yeah like why would you go to her baby shower um here's a question for you this is along the same vein of questioning so if you And we've got to think about this in baby terms, because as much as I want to say it's the same as cats, it's not. If you were inclined to have a baby and someone close to you took the baby name, like say your sister or something, Mm -hmm. would you still use the name? If it was my sister, no. If it was any, if it was cousin or good friend, yes. If it was like immediate family where my parents would have two grandchildren named by the name Shayla, then I would say no. Anyone else I would. And also I would be extremely upset if my sister or brother named their kid the baby name that they knew I wanted. It would be a thing that I would never forget because I am kind of petty about things like that. It's also just like, come on, you've had years to think of other names. And now I would be upset as well. I don't think I would still name my kid that though. Even if it was like, Kristen, even if you stole my baby name, I would probably still not name my kid that. I don't know. It would just be like, to me, it would feel ruined. I think the motivation here, which I totally align with, with um, Charlotte is that she picked Shayla because she wants a unique name that other babies are not going to have for her child. And I feel the same way, like even about like cats and stuff, which I know I said we shouldn't keep talking about cats, but that's, that's our only frame of reference. You watch the, um, the reboot. Charlotte has daughters, right? Is one of the names. I've only, no. I forget what their names are, uh, but neither of them are named Shayla. Uh, okay. You touched on this in the <laughs> recap. And I think I answered my own question when I was watching it, but I was, when I was watching it and they flash back to the 1990 party and then we see Samantha Miranda, I almost called her Meredith. What? And Carrie. I literally was like, wait, are they at a costume party? Like what's happening? Right. Because, because Miranda's wearing this like obviously fake wig. Like it's still red, but it's like obviously a wig. So and then uh, Samantha's wearing this absurd cheetah print outfit and Carrie's wearing a cowgirl hat. <laughs> and I was like, are they at a Halloween party? Like what's happening? And I'm like, I I watched it several times and I'm like, I don't think they're at a Halloween party. I think they're just trying to be like, that was the fashion in 1990. And truly I cannot speak to it because I was not alive in 1990. Don't, I feel like the pink cowboy hat was like a thing, but I feel like that was like a two thousands thing. And also, I mean, just the bad wigs, they should have just made it a Halloween party. And just if like, if they had no budget for the party, like give them all funny hats. It's like, they were trying to do the equivalent of, you know, like, 
in a show when they want to have time pass and they just like give a guy a long beard <laughs> like that right. sort of thing like look different hair you know it was a while ago that was very funny to me I was just literally so confused here's another thing I was confused about and I think you answered it in your recap when Charlotte was like going through her box and like showing the pictures of her dream men I literally was like is that someone famous or is that just like a magazine cut out i think that was john john aka jfk jr who sarah jessica parker dated right. earlier the one attractive man who i believe he this he is 98 plane accident right? i think he dies like in i think he died in 2000 or 1999 sometime around. i have no idea i literally saw that picture and was like i don't know who that is and then the second picture, I was like, it looks like a catalog picture, but I can't. Oh, it's a tell. Gucci at the bottom. I think that. Oh, was okay. Involved. I didn't see that, but I was just like, I don't know if these are actual celebrities or just magazine cutouts. <laughs> yeah. Well, also on the same vein, Charlotte's wish box was really big. She like took some like papers out of the top of it, but then it was like, why is that so big? If you have like four pictures from a magazine and one pillow to Shayla like that's the a Shayla lot of pillow the yeah. Shayla pillow was taking up a lot of space I guess she so she didn't want it to wrinkle her pictures of her dream I men. know I want to be like that's what that's all you got in there Charlotte <laughs> I know I know here's another thing I want to talk about the Samantha and Lainey rivalry that was <sighs> the worst. weird and I did not like it and I also noticed this has been in a couple of episodes now. I feel like they're really flipping the narrative on Samantha where right. the reason that she's overtly sexual is not because she's like confident and happy with herself, but it's because she's insecure. And I don't like that. I liked when it was like feeling like it was like sincere and authentic, you know, kind of confidence. And they're really trying to undermine that. And I don't like it. No, I completely agree. I kind of hate everything about that. It was pretty much unnecessary for this episode. I hate how they're like trying to take that power away from uh, Samantha by being like, oh, well, she's broken. And like, it's so overt how she's like, ah, this is the validation I need by Lainey being pregnant and weird at the party. It's one thing if she's like, I don't care for Lainey because I, you know, she, she went baby and I'm living this lifestyle but never in life are you gonna get that sort of thing like it was so unrealistic of Samantha being like in this rivalry with Lainey and then it's like basically Lainey comes to her house and it's like you are right Samantha you're better than me and you have a better life and made better choices I'm really upset and unhappy that will never happen yeah it was like a weird fantasy slash caricature yeah Samantha just being like I can't wait to see Lainey because she's gonna be fat and I was just like I hated that Ugh. and like wearing like that belly top to like the thing to be like look at my flat stomach you're so fat and pregnant listen I don't want kids but like it's not fat she's pregnant right and then Lainey being like oh still bar hopping and bed hopping I know so I know it, it was really just kind of like driving home the point like women who pick different things with their lives cannot be friends right just don't think that's true and I don't like it that being said 
I do like Miranda's motherhood cult. I thought that Miranda had the right to be, not really the right, but there was some justification there because she says she lost two sisters to the cult of motherhood. So I feel like maybe there's something going on there where Miranda used to be close to her sisters and then uh, they both like kind of moved to the suburbs and maybe were judgy of Miranda's lifestyle. Yeah, I also feel like with Miranda, she's always a little bit bitter, right? Like, that's just who she is. But, like, with her, all of her comments are mostly kind of in jest. Yeah. Like, I don't think she actually hates these women for having children. She makes a comment at some point in the show where she's like, oh, my God, I'm probably gonna have, like, five kids. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, it's very, to me, it's very clearly in jest because she's just, like, not there yet. But, like, she knows she'll probably be there at some point. Right. And Samantha, it's, like, overt just, like, dislike and distaste for someone picking a different life path than her. Yeah. I have wanted to talk about this from the beginning. Okay. Maybe it's because I've been on birth control for like literally the majority of my reproductive life, but there is like not a chance in hell that I would be four days late for my period and be like, oh my gosh, I just realized I'm four days late. Right. They never discuss birth control. If Carrie's, if you're on birth control and you're 10 days late like that's you're already in a different cycle I don't know it just seemed weird the fact she waited until she was like fully a week late eight days late for her period to even think about taking a test right I would I would be like if I'm not pregnant I probably have cancer like that would be like my two yeah kind of assumptions yeah or like to ask if you were I mean I'm assuming that the script was probably censored like I want to think that it was a woman writer she wrote that as a real woman's conversation where they'd be like was there spotting was there you know do your boobs feel uh swollen did you get symptoms of PMS because those are the questions I would be asking uh but they probably were like no this is we have to cut all of this too nitty gritty just have they just have to ask if she's told her boyfriend yet because that's the only thing well that's my other question if you thought you were pregnant imagine you're single you're not married to mitch yet you guys are dating and you think you're pregnant do you tell mitch oh absolutely same like this is like such a common trope. I'm not, I'm not putting that on me. <laughs> yeah. Like in TVs and movies, it's like, you see this thing where like women are like, I'm not going to tell him until I know, or they like wait a really long time to tell their partner. I'm like, that would not be me because the second I thought I was pregnant, I would be like calling up whoever. And I think maybe for me, it's because like, I know that I don't want children and like being pregnant is like literally the worst thing I could possibly think of for myself (laughs) where like, that's my reaction. But like, maybe if people do want kids, but they're like, oh, it might not be the right time. Like maybe that's why I'm trying to understand it. I feel like the idea from Carrie's point of view is that she doesn't know if she would want to like terminate it or like possibly have it. And that's something that she wouldn't want to go into it telling Mr. Big because he might be like, absolutely not. Or be like, yes, let's have this baby. And then she could be, you know, like, oh, she actually didn't want to have it, but then he was so excited or vice versa. Yeah. So I kind of can get it, but also, I mean, I can't, I can't keep anything to myself. 
I feel like for me, that's just a blind spot. Um, here's another thing I want to talk about. Okay. You talked about the electric fence scene with the dog. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I didn't feel like it added anything. They made a loose reference to it later with like Laney, yeah. you know, being like, oh, she hits her own electric fence when she's at the party and realizes she can't show her tits to everybody. That was really dumb. The other thing I wanted to talk about There was definitely some stylistic choices. So I think the first, you actually mentioned it in the recap was, I thought, I mean, it was like interesting, just like when they leave New York to go to Connecticut, it's just visually very different from New York. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like light and like nature, but it like, it also feels really like fake and artificial. And they say that, but you also clearly see that. Yeah. And even like the kind of costume, not costume, but like outfit choices really illustrate that. Listeners, Kristen has a bunch of tiny kittens climbing over her and it's very cute. Um, But yeah, like the outfits even, it's like the girls are all wearing black and like really vivid, bright colors. And then like everybody that's already at the baby shower is wearing like pastels and like muted tones. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting stylistic choice. I think I yeah. like it. And also, um, I also noticed like at the 1990 party, like when they're showing the guys that are like, show us your tits, blah, blah, blah. They almost like zoom in on their face in like kind of like a funny way that like almost makes them look like a monster. Yeah. On that same vein, as I mentioned in the recap, when Carrie is like watching all the moms and she kind of starts freaking out about missing her period, they do sort of like, it's kind of fuzzy looking where it's just like, you feel like you're, you kind of feel like you are Carrie when you're just having like, like an internal panic attack kind of. Right, right, right. Um, I have a couple quick notes and then I think we can get into like the different sections. Okay. Um, thought it was very funny that, Carrie thought she might be pregnant and was still drinking. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I assume at the bar, she was drinking something red. It looked like a vodka cranberry. I know, but I was like, well, maybe she's drinking, she's driving. So she's not, she's drinking like juice, but they didn't address that. And then it did seem like she was drinking at Samantha's party. Ordering juice without alcohol at a bar is weird. Why wouldn't you just order like soda water or something? Yeah. I love the concept of a, I don't have a baby shower. Yes. I feel like like more people should have them. I may have one for myself. And then there are several kind of comments about this throughout the episode where Samantha's like, if you fuck on the couch, you have to pay for it. If you give birth on the couch, you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like Samantha, you like hosting people and having parties. Like you probably should not have a white couch. I'm just going to put it out Yeah, she did have a white couch. I was thinking that too. There was like a scene, I think it's at the party and Miranda's like, I just, or maybe it's like when they're at the pharmacy, I don't remember where it happens, but Miranda's talking to Carrie and she's like, there was someone I was talking to and they had like a PhD in finance or something. And like, all they could talk about was the diaper genie. Mm-hmm. And it made me laugh because I was like, oh my gosh, I have a litter genie. And honestly, it's great. And I don't blame them for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that was one of those comments that I thought was like, okay, I mean, you can be really smart and have stuff, but like, I'm glad that she is into parenting right now. Like, that's fine. I was like, litter genie, amazing. I have four cats. <laughs> it's a it's a life changing revelation to Claire. She has four cats right now. Yeah, there are currently four cats. The litter genie is important, even for my one little bud. The litter genie is Game great. Changer. Um, sponsored by this, litter genie. Yeah, I was just gonna say this is this is not an ad. We really just like the litter genie. So, cat owners, if you don't already have one, we recommend it. Litter genie, please sponsor us. Um, okay. the dream, the dream sponsor. I could transition this into a cat podcast very easily. I, I mean, you've got four cats now. They could each be one of the characters. Oh my God. Okay. Should we talk? What should we talk about? Should we talk about fashion or nostalgia first? Um, I want, can we talk about nostalgia? Cause I think I have some really good nostalgia. Okay. Yes. I feel like I like there were things that I could tell in this episode were for nostalgia, but I am too young for them. Well, my nostalgia were, in, I put them in the nostalgia category because I wanted to discuss. The first mm-hmm. one was in the editing of this episode that when Carrie is realizing that she's late, there's a shot of her day planner. She's literally writing it. She's writing it in her day calendar. planner. I paused it to see what else she had on her calendar. And I was like, not a lot. Cause she kind of looks at the like previous month and then like flips back. Yeah. And there's like the two things that they zoom in on. And then like, otherwise there's like lunch with Samantha and one other thing. And then like nothing else. Mm-hmm, so I realized mm-hmm. that that's probably a 1998 show. They're not thinking that you're going to be watching it at home like pausing it and zooming in it's to like see what's on the calendar right like that's not a thing that they thought about in the 90s I would think that's so interesting like nowadays they probably put a bunch of easter eggs in there of like things uh-huh. specifically like when you see a text uh-huh. conversation I always stop to see like what the previous texts were uh-huh. uh, in the show so I just thought that was like a funny thing that is funny. I called out the calendar too, but from a co- completely different perspective, which is like who uses a paper calendar anymore? Like I have everything on my phone now. Wow. Kristen is old school guys. I have this a, is a uh, audio format. So you cannot I have, see it. I pulled out my paper calendar. <laughs> paper calendar. I have not used a paper calendar in literal years. So that was nostalgia to yeah. me. Yeah. See, that wasn't to me because I still use one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then the other thing was Carrie, she said at the end that she sat on a bench and watched kids play all day. I don't know. Even when you're a woman, that seems like kind of creepy. Like, I feel like nowadays, if there was just a person watching your children play all day in like the city, somebody... You're going to get some looks. An hour, maybe, but like all day is a lot. I don't, I can't say if that would be different in 1998 or not. I think people are more conscious of like predators and those kind of things now. So that's probably true. But I feel like that would have been weird in 1998 also. (laughs) I have two other things. One was just like uh, when they're doing the talking head scene and like the one woman says like, she's got an internet lover. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that was kind of funny because it's like, clearly they're saying that for a little bit of shock value. Cause at the time it was like, not that common for people yeah. to meet online. You're totally and like right. now it's like everyone meets online. So like, I just feel like that line would like not translate well now. Mm-hmm. It was scandalous on two accounts, right? Scandalous right. because she's married and has children and has a lover. And also because it's someone that she met online. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I have is just like, <laughs> it's literally a question mark. I was like, I think the outfits in the party were supposed to be nostalgic, but I was like, it didn't really relate to me specifically because it didn't relate to me either. I was, yeah, we were both too young, I think. And also I literally for a while couldn't tell if they were costumes or just outfits. I think they were just bad. Yeah. I don't even know how nostalgic they were. I was very confused. The last thing I have for nostalgia is also a comment. It's just like the whole Laney thing is just really funny because this is a post-social media world. If we had this, mm-hmm. like if Laney, the same scenario. Or the pre-social exists, media world, you mean? Oh, pre, yeah. Yeah. The pre-social media world. Because like Laney would totally be like an Instagram influencer mom. And like uh-huh, that would probably uh-huh. give her a lot of joy because she could be smug to Samantha about it. And it's just uh-huh. funny that there wasn't really an equivalent to that in 1998 other than inviting your city friends to your baby shower and being smug in person to be like look at me getting my life together yeah all right should we talk fashion i think yeah i think we've actually talked about a lot of this already so the the outfits in the first party obviously we've Mm -hmm. kind of beaten that one dad um samantha's baby shower outfit was just completely unhinged like she looked great but it was completely unhinged for what she was going for and that was intentional. And yeah. even though like Samantha that. was kind of a jerk in this episode, I liked that move. Honestly, Carrie's convertible outfit. Oh my! So she was wearing sandals, like Birkenstock type sandals, like mm-hmm. a long black. It looked almost like a graduation gown, like a black robe that was loose fitting and then black sunglasses and like a black um scarf wrapped like, around her yeah head. like bandana and walking thing. up and it was she looked like an old russian grandmother and it was like so i saw it different i saw it like oh she looks like what you would imagine like a cartoon character artist would be dressed <laughs> like like i don't know if you ever watched uh doug back in the day yeah but like his older sister is like meant to be like this really artsy gal. And she wears Judy. like those sunglasses. Yeah. Judy, she wears the sunglasses and like all black. And like, she wears a little cap. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was my takeaway. from Carrie's. Well, that's more fashionable than what I saw. There are two scenes in this episode during the baby shower of people wearing just like the bows from the gifts on their head. I feel like children do that. And also this woman was wearing like, no less than 50 bows on her head that's so funny my mom has a picture in her wedding album of her uh, bridal shower she's wearing the same thing that was the thing I guess where you would make like a a bonnet of all the bows for like your shower I had never seen it (laughs) in that intensity I mean I haven't seen that in a long time but I vividly know that that's a thing because of this picture from my mom and I remember asking my mom like why did you do that she's like no that's what you do at a shower (laughs) okay so this is only semi-fashion okay so in the last scene when Carrie finds out she's not pregnant very often in the show Carrie goes braless and we see some nip through the shirt Mm -hmm, which is fine yeah 
but her boobs literally never bounce or jiggle or anything. And I was like, I'm getting to the bottom of this today. Does Sarah Jessica Parker have fake boobs or not? And I looked and I found on three different sites that she does. That would make sense. How reputable they are. I cannot say, but there's allegedly a quote from her somewhere basically being like, yeah, like, I mean, when you have nothing before <laughs> and then you kind of get fake boobs or whatever, they look good. I'm not saying they look yeah, bad no, or anything. They, they, they're very good. But yeah, that it does make sense. Um, The last fashion thing. Well, I have two. So at Samantha's, I don't have a baby party. She was wearing what I think was probably like a vintage, like 80s type of dress. And mm-hmm. it was really cute. It was like a strapless oh, the red dress, right? Like it kind of had like a dark, like Hawaiian print on it. Um, mm. It was like a strapless, like um, it was red though, sweetheart. right? Yeah, it was mostly like yeah. red and kind of pink, like a sweetheart neckline. And then it was like ruched in the middle and short and like it had a little slit. It looked really good on her. It was really cute. Um, it's a perfect, I don't have a baby shower outfit. And then we, we pretty much talked about it, but I think we've saw it in like the wedding episode last week. And I feel like we've saw it a few other times that they use mostly the women wear just like regular colorful clothes, but anytime they want to show like, look at these city gals. Yeah. It's always an all black just to like really contrast. Yeah. It is interesting. Cause they don't you really know, wear that much. We, black that's otherwise. funny because we did mention that in that episode, but I didn't make the connection between the two, but you're yeah. totally right. Uh, the only other thing I had, which was like super random. Um, but when Carrie's at the pharmacy with Miranda, she's got like this kind of cute little backpack purse, like, you know, those little mini oh, backpacks. Yeah. And I those was like, oh, so popular. what a throwback. Those have made a comeback yeah. in recent years. Um, but I was like, oh, that's really cute. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about what was problematic. I think we've touched on a lot of this already. Yeah. The Sam and Laney hate. It was unnecessary. It was weird. We don't have to have women hating other women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have that, this idea that like all the moms are secretly unhappy or like the authentic self, like is Carrie being her authentic self, but none of these moms are, I just found that really insulting. For sure. Absolutely. Those are two that are also on my list. And we talked about this a little bit already, but just like they're kind of just like invalidating Samantha as a character, in my opinion. Yeah. This one is so obvious, but also was like clearly in the episode for just comical purposes. Mm-hmm. But just like guys telling girls at the party, like, show us your tits. And yeah. Like women, women making out with each other for male attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lainey did that at the party, too. Didn't yeah. She? I don't think we even need to dig into why that's problematic. No, we don't. Uh, what about what you think holds up still? I've got a couple thoughts here, but would love to hear um, what you think. Definitely the driving thing. Like, I've noticed just groups of friends will have a conversation and nobody will like have a driver's license and it's like just something that just the longer you're here the more it morphs (laughs) oh and then the idea we didn't really talk about this yet but I do think it's extremely relatable it's it is one of those things like your lifestyle is just kind of when you are consciously not wanting to have children like you and I your lifestyle is just kind of 
diverge. And like, it doesn't mean that we're not happy for people that like, do want to have kids and have them? No, but I mean, I will say if it's a good friend, I, you get a little sad, right? I get sad for myself. Cause it's like, no, same. It's totally I would selfish. never, I would never unfriend somebody because they have kids. It's usually the other way around. Like you don't fit into my lifestyle anymore. Yeah. I do mourn the friendship. No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, the last thing I have is Charlotte getting frustrated where she feels like all the stuff she wants is so far away from her because she's still single. Wow. You know, that's so funny because I've been single for so long and I didn't even, you're totally right. I didn't even think about that. I think because like most of her dreams hinge on meeting the right, the perfect man. I, again, I, I don't want children and I don't really care about being married. So like, to me, it's like, I think I've felt that way in different ways in my life, mostly Mm -hmm. like professionally. There's been times where I've had like friends where I'm like, I can't believe like they're in a relationship and like, I'm the single one. Friends is a stretch. I would never say that about my friends. Acquaintances where I'm just like, wow. Sometimes the hardest thing is being happy for other people, Megan. So that's what, that was my next point. Um, Actually, sometimes- it really is hard to be happy for other people. To me, it's not because I dislike someone or like whatever else, which is kind of the implication here. If there's something going on in my life that is difficult and then someone else just out of the blue is all of a sudden having success in that area, you know, I have to have a real conversation with myself about like, why am I like not feeling happy for them? And, you know, just kind of resolve that. And like, that's the thing that you have to do just as an adult is be like, okay, I acknowledge that the reason I feel this way is because I'm jealous. And like, there's two things I can do with this jealousy. I can be angry and like spiteful towards that person, or I can recognize that it's jealousy, get over it, and then actually be happy for them. And that is not what we see in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Carrie always has her little like pithy comments about everybody. It's like, Carrie, I know you're a hater. You act like you're not. And sometimes it's this and I'm relatable because, you know, you're. it's like Carrie is jealous of everybody. And she and like she doesn't even want to admit it to herself. Carrie has some issues. No, she's very much a hater. Anyway, that wraps up my thoughts on things that hold up. Did you have anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. Should we jump to hero of the week? Yeah, I think we should. It was hard to pick a hero this week. Honestly, um, everyone was a little bit petty and not nice. Uh, specifically Carrie and Samantha were not great, but if I had to pick a hero, I would pick Charlotte. And that is because she is the only one that is legitimately happy for Lainey. And she's the only one. It's weird that none of them like brought presents. Yeah. She bought the present and then let all of them like tag on to it, which is nice, even though she obviously put down all that money. And it seems like from what we can tell in the episode, it was a very expensive basket. Oh, you know, Carrie's not giving her any money. And even when she gets upset with Lainey, one, I feel like it is largely justified. And even though she's upset, and calls Lainey out. I don't feel like at any point is she nasty about it the way like the other gals would be. Mm. So for that reason, I think she's the hero. Who do you think the hero. your hero was? Um, I also struggled with it. I put Miranda. I knew I you thought, would pick Miranda. I thought she was keeping the party light. 
Um, I think she was very supportive of Carrie. I don't think Miranda was being jealous or spiteful. I think there's some bitterness there and I'm going to attribute that to whatever happened with her sisters, which I'm sure we'll never hear from the sisters again, but I would love an episode about that. (laughs) Another episode. We're going to find out that she was an only child. Probably because yeah, the writing's not that good, but in my head, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, she lost two sisters to the baby cult. She, you know, she's kind of bitter about it, but she's, she's, she's so pretty lighthearted about it though. And like, exactly. You know, she does she make that like, comment like, oh, I'm going to have five kids one day. Yeah, like then. she even acknowledges like, I'm probably going to be this one day. Yeah. Um. So I, I had similar thoughts, but I just think Charlotte was the only one that was like legitimately happy for Lainey. And even though she kind of reeled that happiness back after the Shayla situation, I think she handled it. Okay. Could have been worse. Villain, Villain. of the week. Okay. I basically the same one. It was like really a fucking toss up between yeah. Carrie and Samantha, but I picked Samantha. Me too. I picked Samantha said, slash Lainey. They're both villainizing each other. They are, but like I gave Lainey a little bit of credit just because she was pregnant. Uh, Samantha overall was just kind of the pettiest of all of the gals this mm-hmm. week. Um, wearing the, you know, the like revealing outfit to the baby shower saying that Lainey was fat. Yeah. Bringing scotch as a gift and just like overall languishing in Lainey's like alleged fall from grace. It's like, why even be friends with this person? Like you guys clearly don't like each right. other. No, like, don't yourself to even think about her anymore. Why both of, for both of them, honestly, like yeah. why? So that was, that was my reasoning for why Samantha was the villain this week. Yeah, no, I agree. So this is the part where we rate the episode on a scale of one to five for how good was the sex and how good was the city. Megan, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, Sucks, one, because there wasn't any and any allusions to sex were just Lainey showing her boobs to everyone and Mm. like guys just being gross about it. And also the gals just kind of inwardly amongst themselves shaming her for it. So one from me, Kristen, what about you? Zero for the same reasons. I gave the last episode zero. This one also, there wasn't any sex and I debated going negative, but it's nothing that turned me off. It's just the, the, if you are a, not a child wanter, the repercussions of sex, (laughs) We're really what this one was about. Um, so yeah. I went zero. What about right. City? Two. Because we didn't really see a ton of stuff in the city. The only thing I really liked was like kind of the sceniness of the first party. And like half the episode is in Connecticut. So not that much city. So I agree with you. I also, when I wrote this down, I'm not, I'm just going to go with it. I put a four. And four. It's because we didn't get a lot of the city scenes that normally would rate that high of a score for me, but I think we've talked in other episodes. I am a hardcore stay in New Yorker and like just the idea of having like they rent a car and then it's like, who's driving this? And then they drive and then like the dive bar outside Uh the city. And I think they say like when you, the feeling of if you leave Manhattan, you're going to fall off the edge of the earth. Like 
I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like it is just a big deal. If I was invited to a baby shower outside of the city, I would make a really big deal about it. I probably just wouldn't go. I mean, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> it's hard to leave New York physically. You go from a dirty, tiny sit, tiny apartment city to like these giant, beautiful houses. I just related to that. Um, okay. Thing. So I went pretty high with this one. <laughs> we obviously don't have to put this in the episode. But I feel like it's not an episode without me questioning your score. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to do it the thing. I said, this is the part of the show where we rate the, uh, the, the, rate the episode, episode and Megan tells and me then, why it's wrong. And then <laughs> Megan gets kind of mad at me for my wonky scores without reason. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just like, they don't make sense to me. I know. Um, I get what you're vibes. saying, but like, that's not actually anything to do with the actual city scene. That is no, but it's the vibe. Like, it's, it's a unique feeling of living in the city that like, is if okay. you haven't it's lived in New score. York, you don't, really, you don't really know. And it sounds really pretentious because it is really pretentious, pretentious, no, the but thing it is, is true. I, I do know. And I felt that, but like, that's just not how I'm rating city. Like I'm rating it on like the actual things we see in the city. So anyway, yeah. it's fine. Your score is your yeah. own journey. <laughs> Thank you. It is not an episode of I'm sorry, I can't don't hate me without me being like your score doesn't make any sense. <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for joining us for another week of I'm sorry, I can't don't hate me. We hope you enjoyed the episode and just remember that women don't have to hate other women just because they make different life choices. Join us next week as we review season one, episode 11, the drought. I think we can guess what that one's about, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any feedback for us or things you'd like us to talk about in the episode, please feel free to email us or DM us on Instagram. Our email and IG handle are listed in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out. And, you know, if you send something, maybe we'll read it in the pod. Who knows? Uh, Also, don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends and fellow Sex and the City fans, or not fans, anyone that's open to a discussion about Sex and the City. About women's issues, very relevant women's issues. (laughs) From 1998. For a 1998 feminist podcast. (laughs) Tell your friends. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and see you next week. Thanks. Bye.